Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Memorial Day weekend. Um, can we take a moment? Can we pray over? If, you, if you're a family member or you have, have someone in your life or maybe you yourself have served or, or you have someone that maybe even sacrificed their life for our family, we thank you. And can we honor you at this moment? Just, just Can we just get, clap our hands, give a round of applause for those families? And we also, we want to lift them up in prayer. This is a day that we remember all of the soldiers that did give their lives for our country so that we could worship here and, and come and gather in a place like this. So, Father, we thank you right now for each and every family member that has someone, each and every family of a fallen soldier that, that gave their life so that we could have freedom here in America. God, we thank you for it, God. And we, and we pray that right now that their, their sacrifice isn't one that is lost, but is one that we can take advantage of in proclaiming your goodness, even here on this morning and also throughout the streets of our community, throughout our nation. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today is also Pentecost Sunday. If you don't know what <clears throat> Pentecost Sunday is, I'll give you a little bit. It's a day that we recognize as when the Holy Spirit was outpoured on the church um, back in Acts chapter 2. And so we, we celebrate that today um, as, Pente as Pentecost Sunday. And, and today, I, I, I don't know if Seth did it on purpose when they were picking the songs as today being Pentecost Sunday or if it was just, you know, God moving. But today is Pentecost Sunday we're, and we're praying that a fresh outpouring is continuing over his church in this house. And, and it, starts, it starts with us being intentional why we are here. And we are here to encounter God. We are here to receive his power. Because that's what they, that's what the 120 that were in the upper room, they were in one accord. And that one accord was, we're here to receive the promise, the gift from God, which is his Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Um, so today I'm going to, uh, I'm going to sort of continue along the lines of what Pastor Steve was was talking, what the last series we were in, but I, I'm going to, it's called Our Father. Pastor Steve was talking about an orphan heart and how well, we are have to identify ourselves as sons and daughters of the King, right? We are the ones that he loved, amen, right? And so when we, when we, when we realize that, we also have to realize that he is our Father, Right? We can't be a son, we can't be a daughter unless we have a father, right? So he is our father, and we're going to talk about that today. I remember when I was a kid in high school. Um, by the way, my name is Andrew Ham. If you haven't met me, I'm the student pastor here at Passion Church. I'm not Pastor Steve. Uh, pastor Steve has gone on vacation, and we wish him the best. But me and my wife, we do the, the youth ministry. Now that I got that out of the way, you know who I am. I remember when I was a kid. My kid, I, I grew up in a small town. Um, Oklahoma City is a city, but it still feels like a small town, right? You, you can go around, you see people that you know on a regular basis. It's crazy, right? But in a small town, it happens like, it happens. It's crazy how it happens. And I was convinced that my dad was low-key famous, right? I, I, we would go places, and I would be, we'd be with my dad, me and my brothers, my sister. We'd be with my dad, and, and, and we knew if we had to go in any store, any, uh, any grocery store, any tool store, that we were going to be there 30 minutes longer than whatever he said because he's going to find somebody that knows him, someone that he knows. 
And he'll, he'll, he'll be there like, hey, what's up, what's up? I'm like, Dad, how do you know? Everybody knows you. How do you know these people? He's like, oh, well, I, I sang at their daughter's wedding. I, I, I fixed their car. I did all this. I, I, did, I, I, I drove dump trucks with him when I was, when I was growing up. I was like, what? I was like, how do you know all? Who are you, right? It was to the point that when, when, when even me and my brother would go places without my dad, they would come up and be like, hey, are you, are you Carl? My dad's name was Carl. Are you Carl Ham's kid? Are you, are, 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 you Carl's, are you Carl's son? And we would just smile and like, yes, we are. And then they would just tell us how, how all the things that he did. And I was like, man, my dad is, is low-key famous. Everybody knows my dad. And as a kid, I didn't think a lot about it. I just smiled and agreed and was like, okay, I'm ready to go buy some Twizzlers, right? I want to, right? I didn't think about it, but there was one time in particular that I remember, and, and this, this story hits different now that I am also an adult. I have children of my own. <clears throat> and I remember, and I understand this principle even more. My older brother and I, uh, we were going to take the trash to the dump and, and hear me. Well, you may not understand, like, what do you mean you were taking the trash to the dump? In the country, you didn't just take your trash and put it in a, in a dumpster and roll it out to the street. That's not something that happened. We had to put our trash in a pickup truck, right? And we had a 95 Chevy pickup truck. We put it in the back, and then we would go and drive 10 minutes to go dump it off at the dump. We had to, we had to drive, dump it all off, and we had to make sure we got there before 5. If it was 5.01, we had to turn around and come home because they had already closed the gate. I remember times where we would be booking it, trying to get there in time, like, because dad said, make sure you take the trash to the dump. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. It, or it'd be like a holiday weekend. They were going to close early. We're like, oh, man, we got to hurry. And we were booking it. But there was this one time we were taking the trash. And my brother had just gotten his driver's license. And on the, on the way there, we rolled a stop sign. We were excited. We were going to go fishing after. We were like, okay, we're going to take the trash. We're going to stop at the creek, and we're going to go fishing. My brother, he rolled a stop sign, and then whoop, whoop, we get pulled over, right? And so we pull, we, we pull over to the side. We're like, oh, man. So we're sitting there, like, make sure we're buckled in and all these things. And, and, and my brother gives the, the police officer his license, and the officer looked down at the license, and he looked up at us, and he was like, are you Carl Ham's kids? And we were like, we were like, yes, we are. And he goes and tells this story, like how he knew my dad and all these things. And, and then he lets us off with a warning. And, 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 but at the end of the conversation, he tells us, like, all right, make sure you tell your dad that. I said, hi. And then I was thinking, like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> how are we going to tell my dad that we said hi without telling him why we met this police officer and if you've ever met my dad in person, you, uh, you would see that we would look just alike. If you've ever seen him, uh, we, it's, it's undeniable that he's my father. And the thing is now, it's even crazier that as, as I grow up, I realize now that I do things that he does. It's not even just about the physical appearance anymore. You, have you seen those commercials, the progressive commercials, where it's the people becoming their parents like once they it's real it's those funny those commercials are so funny because I relate I, I see myself every day I feel like I do something that my father does I, I see my, how I my mannerisms how I how I even sit on the couch all, all the things I, I remember I remember as a kid that um, dad if you ever watch this 
I love you so much. The, re- the remote control would be sitting at arm's length, right? And he would be sitting back. He's like, hey, can you grab the remote and change the channel? I'd be like, but I, I remember one, I was sitting at the house and Dax was there and the remote was there. I was like, hey, bud, can you go ahead and pause that? I, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm my father's son. I'm my father. But there's things that I do that my dad does that he never taught me. He never, he never, he never sat down like, all right, I'm going to teach you how to make these dad jokes. I'm going to teach you how to, how to sit on a couch. I'm going to teach you how to have fun with your kids. He, there, was, there was things he never sat down and talked. I've been out of my house for almost as long now that I was in my house, but I still find myself doing things that my father did. But when you spend intimate time with someone, someone like your parents, you begin to pick up their nature. And I believe Jesus did the same thing with his father with our father. You can read in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, it says that Jesus often withdrew to go and pray. He withdrew to a place, to a secret place to go and pray, to be alone. And I think in those moments when he was withdrawing to a place to be alone with his father, he was saying, I need to become like you. I need, I, I, I need to spend intimate time with my father. I need, I need to spend time in prayer to submit my flesh to you. Because I, I need you to understand this morning that as much as Jesus was God, Jesus also had a flesh that wanted to do its own things. And, and we all have that same flesh that has its own desires. And, and Jesus knew that he had to go to prayer and submit to his father's ways. In John chapter 14, verse 10, it also, Jesus also says, do you believe, don't you believe that I am the father? I am in the father and the father is in me. The words I speak are not my own, but my father who lives in me does his work through me. And I think Jesus going off to pray, he was just cementing that truth that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. When when he talks about abiding in him, that's what he's talking about. We need to spend time on a regular basis in the Father, meeting with him, spending intimate time so his ways will become our ways. And my first point for you this morning is submission starts in prayer. Submission starts in prayer. There's a reason that, that on Pentecost, on, 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 when, when the Holy Spirit came to the upper room with the 120, the Holy Spirit came and they were in one accord and they were praying. They were waiting. They were, in, they were praying and, and, and they were like, we are waiting on you. We're not going to leave this place. We are submitted to you. And I want to tell you that surrender is different than submission. Are you guys waiting for me to understand that? Surrender is different than submission. I think there's a lot of Christians that are walking around surrendered, but not submitted. Surrender is, God, I need you. I'm going to stop living my way, but submission is, God, I will do whatever you ask. Surrender is, God, my life is a mess. Submission is, God, make my life what you want. Right. You know, in battle, if you surrender, you wave the white flag. Right. You surrender. We surrender. We're done. We stop. We're done fighting. We surrendered. But submission is when you give up your way of living to live another way of living. 
We, we, we give up the battle, so now we're going to su- submit to your ways. There's a difference between surrender and submission. In Matthew chapter 6, I think Jesus is giving us a key into how we can live a submitted life, not just surrender. In Matthew chapter 6, you can turn there in your Bibles. Jesus is in the middle of giving um, a sermon. To, uh, it's a long sermon. It starts in Matthew chapter 5. If you go and you read the whole thing, Jesus is literally giving us points of how to live our lives. He's given, us, he's given us how we should carry ourselves as Christians, how to live a submitted life. And, 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 and I can imagine, I can imagine how the people were, were receiving the words that Jesus was talking because he was, he was rocking their world with truths of how they should live. In Matthew chapter 5, we're, I want us to look at one of those truths. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. He's talking about prayer. Remember, submission starts in prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, it says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. Notice that Jesus didn't say, if you pray, first and foremost. Okay, I just need to, I I can't read that and, and talk about that without first pointing that out. He didn't say, if you pray. He said, when you pray. And when you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites, for they love praying, standing in synagogues and on the corners of the streets, they may be, so that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will, re- will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. When Jesus would go and pray alone in the wilderness, that was him going into a secret place. Now, if you, if you read about Jesus' life, whenever he would go to a house, there would be hundreds of people show up at that house, right? And he, and he was rolling with a, a group of, of 12 anyway. And so if you've ever been to Israel, those houses aren't that big. And so if he was trying to go to a place to shut the door in Israel, it, it was hard for him to do that because he was always rolling with a bunch of people. And so he knew that if he had to get to a secret place, he had to go off and go be alone. And I think Jesus was going off to be alone on purpose so that he could submit his flesh on a regular basis to God's will. He continues in Matthew chapter 6 with verse 9, just to go right down to the next one. And he says, in this manner, therefore pray. Another thing that we need to perk our eyes, perk our ears. If I was in the room, I was like, Jesus is about to tell me how I need to pray. I need to write this down. I need to not forget it. Let me get my record. Let me get a voice memo. I want to remember this. Can I get this in writing, Jesus? Can I have the, the bullet points, the, 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 the PowerPoint? I want it all. Jesus saying, in this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we know the rest of this prayer. And I don't have time to get into all of it today, but I want to stop right there and I want to look at it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. I know a lot of times when I pray, it's not what Jesus described. 
you know, he said, go into, a, go into a room and close the door behind you. And when you close the door behind you, pray to your father then. Right? A lot of times when I pray, it doesn't look like that. A lot of times when I pray, it's like, oh, man, I woke up late. Okay, well, I got, I got 10 minutes. I got to get ready. I'm going to pray as I'm getting ready. Or I'm going to pray when I get in my car and I'm driving to work. That's when I'm going to spend my time and pray. Right? I'm going to have my quiet time on the way, on the way to work. I'm going to have my quiet time while I'm getting ready. I'm going to have my quiet, I'm going to have my, my, I'm going to have my secret place as I'm doing something else. I'm going to pray as I'm doing something else. You know, I hear a lot of people say that, and, and you know, I'm, I'm there, I'm with them. I, I do the same thing. I say the same thing. I, I've actually had someone tell me, like, yeah, I'll pray in the morning while I'm getting ready and brushing my teeth. I'm like... How do you pray while you're brushing your teeth? Unless it's like one of those you're praying in tongues type of thing. I don't, I don't. Pray while we're going or, or pray for five minutes before we go to bed. Like, oh, God, I forgot I need to pray. Let me, I got a little bit of time left over. Let me pray now. Jesus is saying that there needs to be more. Jesus is saying that we need to make a place Make a place and get alone with God. You see, we talked about this on Wednesday nights. We've been talking about prayer the last few weeks. And I asked the students, when's the last time they had a holy conversation? And I want to ask you the same question. Because a holy conversation isn't just about the topic. Isn't just about the content. Right? When we say God is holy, we, we know that holy means set apart. Set apart. So when's the last time we had a conversation that was set apart from everything else? And I think that's what Jesus was getting at. I think that's what Jesus was trying to get us to understand. When we go into a secret place and close the door behind us, we're saying, God, I, I'm having a holy conversation that's set apart from the rest of my life. The only thing that matters right now is you. This intimate moment. Because when I have this intimate moment with my father, that's when I become like him. When I have these intimate moments in the secret place with my father, that's when I begin to see his nature. Our father in heaven, holy is your name. He desires for us to have a, a conversation, a prayer that is set apart. Where I'm not doing something else. And hear me. I'm not saying that praying on your way to work, I'm not saying that praying while you're ready. I'm not saying that praying at, at night before you go. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. If God drops something on your heart to pray for, you need to pray for it. I don't care if you're driving or, or whatever. You need to stop and you need to pray. But I am saying that that's not submission. Submission is us saying, I'm going to stop my life. I'm going to get alone and pray. The TV isn't on in the background. You're not driving. You're not getting ready. I would even say, and this is me saying this. I'm not saying that, that this is. I would even say that there needs to be times when you pray where there's no worship music playing in the background. Because I don't know about you. I mean, I, if I have worship music playing, I'm like listening to oh, Thank you. Oh, that's a good one. You know, I, I get distracted really easy. But I think there's a reason that Jesus went into the wilderness. He didn't go to the tabernacle where the, where the musicians were. He went to the wilderness. He went to, to a, a, a secret place to be alone. 
And I think there's times when we need to have, we need to turn off the music, turn off the TV, turn off everything and just be with God. Just me and God in our secret place, me and my father. Because that's where we become more like our father. That's where we begin to submit to his ways, his ways, which are higher than our ways. When we go into our secret place, it's more than just closing the door behind us. It's saying that I'm laying down everything for this intimate and holy conversation with God. But it has to be something we do intentionally. And a lot of times it's hard because we think if we stop our lives to pray that we're going to miss out on something. I can't stop my life right now because I got too much I got to do today. I can't slow down my life because if I slow down my life, then I'm not going to get everything done and I'm not going to be successful. If, if, I, if I take time and I skip this to go pray, then I'm going to miss out on being able to get, to get promoted in my job. If I do this, if I don't go hang out with my friends right now, I'm going to miss out and then I'm not going to be as popular as I want. If I don't do this, if I don't do that, I'm going to miss out. I need to work. If I stop working hard, then, I, then, I'm, then, then, then I'm going to get behind. That doesn't sound like submission. That's telling God that we can't stop because we need to do it in our own strength. That's telling God that I, I, I have to do this because I don't trust that you will. When we aren't submitted, we start doing things in our own strength instead of God's strength. I'm reminded of a time when Moses was surrendered but not submitted. Moses and the Israelites were in the desert. Right? They had just, they had came out of Egypt and they were in the desert and they were thirsty. And so, and so Moses prayed to God and said, hey, we're, we're, we need some water. And God said, take your staff and go hit this rock and water will come out. And so Moses, he went and he took his staff, he hit the rock and water came out. And they were thankful. But then the second time, they were thirsty again. Moses prayed to God, said, God, we need you. He surrendered. God, I need you. I can't, I can't make this water come out on my own. I need you. And God said, I want you to speak to the rock. But Moses didn't speak to the rock. He struck it with his stick. He was surrendered, but he wasn't submitted. He, he struck it and nothing happened. And so then he reared back and he struck it a second time. And God was merciful. I'm thankful that he's merciful. I'm thankful for his grace. And water came out of the rock. But Moses wasn't submitted in that moment. And Moses then at that point in time forfeited his promise to go into the promised land. There's things in our lives that we do that God is saying, I'm not asking you to do that. But we're not submitted and we're doing it our own way. When we find ourselves not being submitted, we find ourselves praying prayers and looking for answers that God won't give us. God, I really need your help in this job. I really, I really need, it, it's, it's been hard. I need your help. I need you to come through for me in this job. I, and God may be saying, I never told you to take that job in the first place. 
but we're out here working hard. Like, God, I thought this was the job you wanted for me. Did you ever stop and ask? God, I, th- I thought this is what you have for me. Did you, did you stop? Did you listen for my answer? God, I thought this was the relationship that you wanted me to be in, but it turns out that they're lying and they're still cheating. I thought this was, did you ask? Did you submit? Or did you just act and then ask for me to bless it later? In James chapter 4, verse 3, he says, you ask and you don't receive because you pray wrongly. You're not submitted. We have to submit to God's will. We read Jesus' prayer in the garden before he's arrested. He's there with his disciples, the 11. Judas has already left, and, and and he's going, and he's like, hey, I need you guys to stop here. And then he takes the three, the three closer ones to him, and he goes a little bit further. And then he stops, like, hey, I need you guys to stop here and pray that you don't fall into temptation. Right? And then he goes off a little bit further. He's alone in his secret place. Just he and God. And in this moment, Jesus is praying. And he submits himself. He submits himself. Because he's praying in a, in a, he's praying a prayer. You guys know the prayer. God, if, it, if it's possible... If there's another way to where I don't have to be beaten, if there's another way where I don't have to shed my blood, God, I would, I would rather choose that way. But I need to submit to your will. Not my will, but your will be done. And that happened when he was alone in his secret place. When's the last time we had a holy conversation with God? Well, we're alone. God, is this really the job you want me to take? And we listen. Or we be like, man, this job looks good. It sounds good. Everything. God, thank you for your blessing. I'll take that job without going into our secret place. And saying, Father, what would you do? Your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We have to pray and we have to submit to God in our prayers so submission brings submission starts in prayer and then also submission brings authority submission brings authority we have to be submitted to our father to have our father's authority in Acts chapter 19 there's a group of 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 Jewish uh, fakers, I'm going to call them fakers, they were apostates, and so they, they, they were practicing exorcisms, right, and they, were, they, were, they weren't doing it in the name of Jesus, they weren't doing it by the power of Jesus, they were falling away, they were doing it evil, they were doing evil works, right, and so they were, that's what they did, they were exorcists, and then they saw Paul, Paul was performing miracles and casting out demons in the name of Jesus, and they saw that, and they're like, oh my goodness, there's another way to make this happen. Let's do, let's do it that way. And so they saw Paul casting out demons. They heard of Paul casting out demons in the name of Jesus. And so they, they, they then try it for themselves. 
In Acts chapter 19, verse 13, it actually, you can go and you can read this story. It says, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. They didn't even take ownership for themselves. They said, they said, we cast you out in the name of Jesus that Paul knows. They wanted the authority, but they didn't have the submission. And if you read the story and you see what happens, that, that this demon-possessed man, the demon calls out and says, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? And then that demon-possessed that demon man beats them up and runs them out of town, embarrasses them. They weren't submitted to God, but they wanted the authority. I wonder if there's things that we've been praying for, things in our lives that we've been trying to take authority over, that we feel like nothing's working, that we feel like, man, why, 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 why hasn't this, why haven't I gotten rid of this? Why hasn't this come out of my life yet? Why haven't I been able to break this? My question is, are you submitted? Because a lot of times in Christianity, it's really easy to be like, God, I want the good stuff. God, I want your blessing. God, whenever we pray, we pray, God, I, I, I thank you, Lord, that you give me a good paying job. God, I pray and I thank you, Lord, for, for, for you meeting all of my needs. God, I thank you. I, I, I ask for you to, to bless me. I ask for you to do this for me. I ask for you to do that for me. But we never take time and actually submit. We just want the good stuff. That means we're no different from these fakers. They saw the power of God. They say, I want that power. We can't have the power. We can't have the authority without the submission. We can't see our relationship with God, our relationship with our Father as what can you do for me? In Mark chapter 9, we see Jesus cast out a demon that his disciples were trying to cast out, but they couldn't. And you can turn there and you can read there. Mark chapter 9, verse 25, it says, When Jesus saw the people came running, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And because, and he became as one dead. So many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And so he said to them, this kind can only come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Why is that important? You see, if you, if you read in, 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 in back in Matthew, where we're reading in Matthew chapter 6, and he's talking about prayer, he also talks about fasting in that, same, in that same sermon. And the way he talks about fasting is the same way that he talks about prayer. He says, when you fast, don't do it for show. When you fast, don't do it, don't do it and, then, and then tell everybody about it. 
And he's saying, when you pray, go to the secret place. You need to fast in the same way. And the prayer and fasting right here is joined together because it's, it points to submission. Saying it's not about anything else except God, except me denying my flesh, denying what I want so that I can have who God is. You see, in the type of fasting that he's talking about, it isn't just talking about the fasting where it says, I turned off my phone for two hours. I fasted. I, I, I stopped watching Netflix for one night. I fasted. I, I did. No, it's talking about I stopped eating. I denied my body what it needed so I could pray in my secret place. So I could submit my flesh to God. That's why fasting is important. It's not just so we could lose weight. It's not just so we could post about it. Look how holy I am. Fasting is important because I'm denying my body what it needs so that I could give my spirit what it needs. I'm denying my body what it wants so that I could submit myself to God and say, God, I don't care how hungry I am. I don't care how good the food looks. I don't care what, I don't care what my stomach says. I know what you say, and I want what you say. I want who you are because I know that there's going to be things that come in my life that I'm going to need your authority for to cast it out of my life. I know that there's promises in my life that I want to step into, but if I'm not submitted to your promise, then I might miss out on that promise because I'm too busy trying to do things the way my flesh is telling me. Now, is there anybody in the room that wants to be submitted to who God is and submitted to his will and not just here for the blessing, but I'm here for the submission because there's freedom that comes in that. How do you think Jesus got to the point where he could sleep on a boat in the middle of a storm? How do you think Paul and Silas got to the point where they could worship in the middle of a jail cell? They were submitted. There's things in our lives that we will face that we can only deal with if we're submitted. God's calling us to a new level of prayer with our Father. A Father whose name is holy. And if we want to see his kingdom, we have to be submitted to his will. When we're submitted to his will, we'll see the sons and the daughters that we've been praying for. We'll see them returning. We'll see the rivers flowing in the dry places of our lives. We'll see the dreams that we thought were dead come back to life. We'll see the miracles that we've been praying for start to happen. We'll see anxiety and depression start to be set, start to be loosed. We'll see the promises of God come to fruition because we're submitted. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your for loving us. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.